The reason we hire people is to get a job done. People say, we hire for culture fit. And I'm like, really? You hire for culture? That's why the position's open? No, we don't hire for that. We hire for a job to get done. What is, what is that role? What does success look like? Now the culture fit or core value alignment. Let's talk about that from a heart perspective and let's put a process in place to assess for it and scorecarding to say, is this the kind of person that we want representing our company's brand? Welcome to Tractionville, the podcast for companies running on EOS. I'm your host, Chris White, along with my co-host, Benj Miller. And today we are excited to bring you um, a guy who's a lot of fun. Uh, I think you're really going to enjoy him. He's got a lot of energy, and it's Jonathan Reynolds. Jonathan is the visionary CEO of Titus Talent. Jonathan, welcome to Tractionville. Thanks for having me. It's been a long, long awaited just to get some FaceTime with you guys. It's great to be here today. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So I don't want our listeners to think like we've got like like Benj and I have ascended to this. There's this long line waiting to get to us. Right? <laughs> Let's be honest. It's annual season, and Benj and I are cranking out sessions. <laughs> but <laughs> but you're right. I'm so glad we got this time together, uh, and um, we're gonna have a lot of fun today with this. So. You know, Jonathan, let's, why don't you just start out and, and tell us uh, about yourself and, and the journey you're on? Yeah. Oh, I could go many directions, but uh, so um, started at a very early, uh, early age uh, when I was born. Uh, now, um, <laughs> I, I came to the States, you obviously hear the accent here, you think, where is this guy from? Is he from... Arkansas, Texas, uh, but no, I am from Bath, England, about 100 miles west of London, and uh, moved to the States 23 years ago, and uh, I found myself in a, in a sales capacity, and I thought, I, I like this, but I really would much rather be working closely with people, people, on people challenges, and so if I could combine sales and people, um, that'd be great, and so I ended up in the, uh, the legal selling of people called the recruiting industry. And um, that was a wild, wild ride. But very quickly, I realized it is a dirty, dirty industry. Man, is that dirty. And I'm like, someone has to turn this on its head. So uh, about 10 years back, I was sitting with Milwaukee Tool and uh, got to craft what it was kind of this heaven's open moment. Uh, angels are singing. And this idea came to me about a different way of revolutionizing um, the way companies hire. And uh, so uh, right there and then sitting with one of the executive VPs of Milwaukee Tool crafted this new role and uh, new, new uh, service offer, offering. And it rest is history. We launched Titus Talent Strategies, grabbed hold of that amazing book, Traction. It, that revolutionized my business because I'm this wild, raging visionary who doesn't follow any process. <laughs> um, so I needed to submit to something. And so... Uh, that's been eight years we've been running on on EOS as well, which is um, we try to self-implement. I know it's terrible, but uh, then we threw our hands up and said we can't do this. So we got, got an implementer, um, and uh, it was it's been absolute wild, wild ride um, in the people people business. So we're we're now a talent strategy company, not not just a recruitment firm, but yeah, it's been a it's been good. Wow. So for a simpleton like me, what is people strategy? Yeah. Okay. So um, I'll, I'll use some of the EOS terms because that's my, my framework and context we've been running on that. But you got the process component of EOS, one of the six components. 
and uh, everyone knows what's in that process, all of the different processes that we run our business on the rhythms, et cetera. When it comes to the people component, the, the GWC, the people analyzer, accountability chart, I ask visionaries and integrators, I said, so tell me about the process that you apply to your people component when it comes to getting the right person in the right seat. And that's when crickets kick in, you know, it's kind of like, what do you mean? We just do this kind of uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. We say, a fit. And we go, okay, yeah, cool. It's kind of like Gladiator, the Gladiator movie, kind of the thumbs up, live or die, you know. And we, use, we see so much of this. And it's hilarious, you know. Can you believe that movie's 20 years old, by the way? Yeah. Um, but uh, but we're sitting there with, with we, we come out of interviews and we go, what do you think? Fit, not fit? Yeah, nah, pass. And then that's, it's like, what... A, and the, the crazy thing is, I like to think of myself as having a pretty good gut read on people. Um, and a lot of my hiring, I would probably fall to my gut um, naturally. And I think I'm pretty decent at it, uh, but it's a terrible process. <laughs> um, <and> so <laughs> when you're trying to scale your business, that doesn't work. You can't just like send them to the visionary and they will use their superpowers of yeah. gut. You know, that's not good. So. When it comes to people's strategy, it's kind of where, what are your um, business um, goals and objectives? What are you trying to accomplish? Uh, what's on your VTO, where you want to get to? And then there's all of this stuff in the middle of which you need people for. So what is the strategy of your people to get you there? Uh, how to hire, how to onboard, how to engage, how to develop, how to identify um, high potential leaders. And then the, the glorious other part is performance management. And uh, so that shifted a lot. Um, had a, we call it hire for performance and manage for performance. How do you do all of that? The whole part of coaching in the middle. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been great in a, looking at it from a holistic way as opposed to recruiting is really focused on day one. How right. do I get somebody to show up on day one? Ta-da, it's done. And then the recruiter scampers off and is not held accountable for anything beyond that. That's where I think it's broken. I'm curious, going back to your uh, your approach with customers, you know, you use a lot of EOS terminology, framework, tools in that conversation. Do you only work with EOS companies or what happens when you've got all this uh, IP in your head and you're walking into a company that's, that just has no idea of what, the, you know, some of these words or terms or tools? Yeah, it's funny. I sat with a I sat with a company that was brand new to EOS. Like they were working with an implementer in, in Los Angeles, and um, we we're having a meal together. And he was getting so excited telling one of his operations leaders who had just joined the company. We'd, we'd actually helped place that person in there. And he was saying, "You you you you're going to get into this EOS thing. It's almost like a cult. There's a whole language with it. You you have this book, and you have to read and learn all of the the lingo and terminology, and it just." It becomes a part of everything. He was just getting so excited. But you're right. There is a whole bunch of uh, lingo and language and um, that people have to learn. And we do speak that language. We, we speak EOS um, and understand it and live and breathe it. But uh, a majority of our clients are not EOS. So personally, my passion is I love working with visionaries and integrators and leadership teams of EOS-run companies because they get it. Because they get it and there's a system. Uh, looking at their VTO, I know exactly where they're going. It's fantastic. And then we can do all the people components. Um, for other companies that are not running on EOS, that's totally fine. We're still looking at people's strategy and we're saying, where are you trying to get, uh, get to? Tell us about your values. What does that look like by behavior? How do, you, how do you define your behaviors that equate to those values? Your core values, what, what does integrity look like by behavior? 
because we've got to put a process in place and a scorecard in place to assess for that in the interview process. Mm. We don't want to just say, listen, you've got to live our values, and which I, mean, I agree with that. But yeah. wouldn't it be great if I could find out if that person personally lives those values already? And how yeah. close to them? How do you find that out? How, yeah. How, take me into that. Because that's a question we get a lot. How can, you know, because um, anybody in an interview process, like you're saying, like, do you have integrity? Yes, I do. I would like this job. Like, yeah, you know, it's just like, can how do you, you interview? Can you share a time with me where you demonstrated integrity in your previous yeah. position? Yeah. Are you honest? That's Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Well, uh, it's, it's almost like these ones where like, would you rather read a book or go to a party? I'm like, oh, great. They must be really social. Like, no, they'd just rather be in the party. doesn't mean they're good at it. <laughs> they could be super, mm. York, super awkward in that party. <laughs> you know, the guy in the corner is just super creepy, just staring at everyone, you know? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. You know. He so, actually can't read is what he's saying. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so, yeah, I think this is where process comes in. So um, the process that we follow, we, we call it higher for performance. It's a four-phase process. And, um, I can walk you through it. But one Do of it. The, we'll is, learn from it. Well, you know, how we craft the, the majority, where companies really fail often is they don't really craft the role by um, performance goals and objectives. What needs to be done, achieved, or accomplished? And we use the anniversary date. Uh, we say, what needs to be done, achieved, or accomplished by the anniversary date for you to say, flipping heck, that was an incredible hire. You might not say flipping heck. You might say brilliant. No, no, you wouldn't say that either. Uh, you would say, wow, you know. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! You might say, you know, <laughs> um, he was freaking awesome. Just blowing it out. Yeah, I went to my Mac. What a great accent! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, so, but crafting the role by performance goals and objectives, we're defining the job right now, rather than rather than figuring out a person. Define the job by performance. Then, well, let me talk about the head, the heart, the briefings. We, we say. Um, the briefcase, start at the bottom. Imagine kind of a, a person holding the briefcase. The briefcase is the job. That's what they need to do, achieve, or accomplish. In there is, this is what I got to get done. The heart is all about value alignment. That's the core values. But we're going to put a process around figuring out how, who that person is by way of their why and why they do what they do and their value system and how it, because we're going to match it later on to the company values. And then there's the head, which is behavior and cognitive, which we, we believe in psychometric assessments as a part of the process, not as a weed out tool, but understand who this person is and how they're going to behave when the pressure's on and the pressure's off if I hire them. So there's my little, my, my, my individual, my person. Um, now I can use that same map, same concept of, to create the job. Say, okay, the briefcase is the job. What do they need to do, achieve, accomplish? What are our values? And what is a scorecard to assess those? And then behaviors, what kind of behaviors would need to be ex exemplified to get that job done, the briefcase? Now I've got this template, and I can, any candidate, I can use it as an overlay or as, as a process now to interview towards something. And the amazing mm. part is your leadership team are all going to have a different opinion of all three of those, probably. Yeah. Maybe, the, maybe the heart you'll agree on because it lies to the company core values. Yeah. But, the job, everyone has a different opinion of what, what the special thing needs to get done. So you're going to be all over the place and waste a heck of a lot of time in your interview process. Your customers are looking for you online. Earning their attention in business is not an easy task. You deserve a custom strategy tied to your unique business goals that will allow you to rise above the competition. So if you're not confident that your digital presence is driving the sales you need, 
Now is the time to take action. At Rocket Clicks, that's our mission, and we are committed to growing your business online. Mention this podcast when you contact us, and you'll receive a free audit of your website or ad campaigns. No strings attached, no commitment necessary. Let us show you what you're missing. Contact Rocket Clicks today by visiting www.rocketclicks.com. In my peer group just three days ago, somebody was, I don't know, we were somehow talking about recruiters. And the chair actually said, don't underestimate the primary value that, that good recruiters bring is their ability to create an objective and thorough description of the job. And I was like, yeah, you're right, because I would do a really lousy job. Yeah, because we start talking about things we want to dump off of our plate. And that's in it. Sometimes it can be emotional mm-hmm. and it's all intertwined with other aspects of the job. But somebody just say, number one, I remember sitting with a, um, it was a CFO and a CEO of a hundred and something million dollar manufacturing company in Chicago a number of years back. And I arrived in their conference room and they handed me a four page job description for this COO they needed to hire. And I'm a little bit obnoxious and I'm youngest of five kids and I know how to get under people's skin. So I just, went, oh, great. And I ripped it up right in front of me and I threw it in the trash um, in the corner of the room. And I said, all right, cool. Let's talk about the job. And they were just like, what? You know, I've never even met these guys before. Um, and uh, and I, said, I said, okay, fast forward a year, you hired your COO. What's the number one thing that they have done, achieved or accomplished that would make you say, great hire? And it was like, well, ultimately, our bottom line would grow by 5%. And I was like, cool. did you have that written on there? I'm just wondering. And they said, no. I said, oh. <laughs> Wait, let me go back and grab that. <laughs> I, said, I said, well, let's talk about that. How would they do that then? What are the top three things that they need to get done to get that, make that outcome? And they said, you know, there was a huge... Um, uh, they had six different plants, and they needed to figure out inventory issues and all those kinds of break it down i'm like okay great so and we took it down to three things i said so that was number one i said what's next and they said what it was what's next they said, what it was. And i said can we stop right there and they said yeah i said if we find somebody who does all three of those would you be happy i said yeah i'm like okay i'm good that's the job now let's talk about values you know let's talk about behaviors and we crafted a job in one page one page for a coo you know and i'm like but, but that's it really isn't it I'm not saying it's as simple as that always. It was a process. Yeah. And yeah. then you got to go and find the person who can, who can do it, will do it, wants to do it. But back to your question, Benj, and well, both of you guys asked, how do you assess for that core value alignment? I think uh, value alignment is a better word than culture fit. I think culture fit can be a bit of a hide behind like us. You know, like, he, he, they're just not like us. I wouldn't go for beer on Friday with him. Okay, what's that got to do with getting that job done? We just crafted, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, what do you really mean by that? And so, I think value alignment is a heck of a lot better because if you look at your core values and say, okay, how am I going to figure these things out? And I'll use the integrity as an example. So, define integrity. If that's one of your values, you say integrity is one of our values. Great. What does that look like? Put it. Put another line for us. Is it to be ethically unwavering? To be honest and to inspire trust. And so that's, that's our own personal company definition. But what that means is now I can interview for that. So I can say honesty. So 
I would say, you know, Bench, hey, you're interviewing with our company. It's Friday morning. Um, what did you tell your boss that you're doing? Because you're a passive candidate. You're working somewhere else. Um, what did you tell your boss you're doing? Like, I just said, I said, the dentist, you know. I said, you know, I had to go to the dentist today or a doctor's appointment. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, so, I mean, right now I can tell you, you're not going to fit in our company culture. You won't fit with our values. You're not aligned with our values. Why is that? Well, because you just lied. You told in the time when the pressure is on, you said what was self-preservation um, as over truth and honesty. And for us, it is black and white. You tell the truth. Well, what, Jonathan, what was he supposed to say? Well, he could say he had a personal appointment. That would be truthful. But to <laughs> say it was something different, because when, when you're dealing with our clients and something was rough that week, I don't want you to make something up. Right. Because it protected you from having an awkward conversation. Because on the spot, you lean towards a lack of truth or a lack of integrity versus the right thing. And so crafting that, so then we put a scorecard. I'm going I'm to put a scorecard. I might ask that question three different times. I want to see, okay, talk about ethics now, because that's important to us. And we have a definition of each of those. Um, and inspiring trust. What does that look like? By, so each one has a behavioral component to it that I can now interview and have a scorecard. So um you know i happily download all of our scorecards and things like that on our site but uh I, I like how i like how you started you know how like when you start eos we start with the end in mind and yeah. you really just cut through a whole bunch of bs yeah. and got to the end yeah and really i mean it's pure eos right boiling it down simplifying it to a single page, I mean, that's powerful. That's what we've done with VTO. It's a single page dashboard of where your company's going. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's what the same thing is with the job. We, we don't call them job descriptions. Call it a performance profile. The reason we hire people is to get a job done. People say, we hire for culture fit. And I'm like, really? You hire for culture? That's why the position's open? Like, dang, I got this seat open. What's, what, what is it for? Culture fit. You know, like, oh, okay. Just kind of, no, we don't hire for that. We hire for a job to get done because we exist to perform. We exist to have a produce something, whatever it is um, your, your yeah. company exists for. But what is, what is that role? What does success look like? Now the culture fit or core value alignment. Let's talk about that from a heart perspective and let's put a process in place to assess for it. Um, and so literally you can say, what question, what, here are five values. What 15 questions do we want to make sure we ask completed in our interview process? Maybe the, different people on the team are asking certain questions and scorecarding to say, is this the kind of person that we want representing our company's brand? That's so good. Is this the kind I of think... person we want on a team? So that every single person in our company, the day they get hired, there's a, ch a choice of the entire team to trust. I trust yeah. that that person lives our values because they went through a process and the scorecard said they're it. They don't have to earn their way in to, to their trust circle. Now we, we've yeah. already vetted them yeah. on our values. They're already yeah. one of us by, yes. by yeah. the fact that they're, they've made it. We all have people work to do to get better in our business. I don't think anybody would say they've arrived. So this, they're, you know, you've laid out at least 30 things that, I need to think about, but I'm, I'm stuck. I'm having uh, a, a mental block because something you said earlier popped back into my brain. I'm like, what did he mean by that? Um, I got the legal selling of people business, 
what did you mean by, uh, I forget how you said it, but it's a dirty business. Oh yeah, it is dirty business. Okay. And uh, just to be, I, I don't want to be offensive. We, we do a lot of, lot of work into anti-human trafficking. And uh, so I'm, when I say legal selling people, I just, Oh, I got it. Yeah. We're good. in a hyper, hypersensitive environment, but um, we do a lot of work into that, giving to it and supporting it and working with not-for-profits who are in that space. But okay. Dirty business. Okay. The dirty, dirty recruiting business. So when I say use somebody's a used car sales, there's a connotation that comes to your mind, right? Usually it's, it's a negative connotation, like slimy, sleazy, whatever commission based. They're just in it for them. Yeah. Um, and they're going to play me off five other people and do the whole, like, let me very, go very, my mani- very manipulative. Yeah. Manipulative. Okay, great. That is the connotation that comes up for many in the recruiting space, a recruiter, the recruiting industry. Okay. So because, um, and there are a few things, this was my big heavens open moment when I said, when I t- mentioned with Milwaukee tool was, um, it was coming out of the, the greater recession, 12% unemployment. I'm trying to keep my team busy. And, uh, and I said, what, well, you know, 25% fees, 20%, all of these kind of big fee things. And it was Jonathan, we're not, we're not paying those fees. And I'm thinking, gosh, I had a few of you with you. I said, what, you've got these critical roles open. What if I dedicated somebody exclusively to you and we partner with you until the job gets done and there's no commission? And it's kind of like, what? And I was like, yeah, no commission. Let's just let's throw that off the table. If I, if, cause I think that's the thing that causes that the, the used car sales or the recruiter to do crazy things. They're motivated by the wrong day. The day they care about is day one, but we already told, I already said, right. That doesn't matter. That was never the point in hiring somebody. Day 365 is the important day. So I, that's when we started evolving this process. Saying, okay, take the commission off. That will make people behave differently. They're not motivated by a big fat check. So what are they motivated by? What if we could tie their motivation to the success of the person on their anniversary date? What if we could tie them to care about the person hitting three major quantifiable performance objectives? Uh, Obviously, in EOS, we talk about the accountability chart, the top five. Um, we just work with three, just because it makes our job easy. No, uh, but we work with three major, major quantifiable performance objectives. We say, what if we guaranteed that the person would accomplish those? What factors would I need to know? What criteria would I need to know to put it to put a guarantee on place? And we teach this principle. Um, I think that's one of the things which I'm passionate about. Is not knowledge transfer. It's one of in our sort of uniques. Is we we want we don't want anyone to be forever beholden and handcuffed to us. We want to um, transfer knowledge, kind of like a, an implementer would. Ultimately, you want to graduate mm-hmm. somebody. We want to graduate people so they can do it on their own. So we teach and train on it. We run courses on this stuff. But the principle is um, I don't want to be motivated by a, a quick check or a commission check or any of our pieces. There's no commission for our team members, our recruiters across the country. So I think that's a, a big unique. And it shifted our mindset that we actually cared about the end and where the company, if the company hits its goals, performance goals and objectives or not. So, and the other wild thing, this, this is a great one, uh, Chris, you'll like this. I looked at my integrator and I said, um, two things. One is what if we guaranteed 100% performance of the people we recommend by their anniversary date, they accomplish those things. And he said, okay, lots of questions, but let's build that out. So we built that out five years back. And then I said, what if we charged for our services a year later on the anniversary date? 
and that's where the integrator wins. <laughs> we didn't do it. <laughs> he just said, that's crazy. It's called cash flow, my friend. <laughs> you can't run a business that way. You can't have 100 salaried employees in charge for your services a year later. Okay, all right, fine, fine, fine. So I said, well, what if we say our clients cover our operating costs for our time? And there's any reward is a year later. And that's what we settled on. And it's been wild. It's been so out there. In my peer advisory group, it was a question that came up in uh, COVID. It was, what's one outlandish, wild, and crazy move that your competitors wouldn't dare do? And I was like, finally, I want to do this thing. So I went back and I said, what if we charge a year later for our service? I, I told you this already. We cannot do it. And I said, well, they cover our operating costs, and that's it. And then the reward is later um, when the performance is done. And so it was just this, oh my gosh, you know, light bulb. It was like when the visionary has an idea and it actually is a good one, you know, it yeah. just right. felt like everything right. came in the line and the, and the company, right. like, oh, you know, but uh, it's been really, really exciting, uh, exciting thrill because we're, we're teaching visionaries to hire with their head, not their gut. Right. Yeah. We're teaching a process of why do we hire people? It's the end in mind. It's performance. Um, well, I hired with my gut and I was always wrong because not always, but no, I was, not oh yes. No, no, no. Early on it was, um, I, I think I was more like a, a, a charity, like this person just needs a good home in the right environment. You know, there's a, there's a diamond in that sack of coal somewhere. Oh, yeah. They just need a good home. And I'm, I, I, you know, of course I think I'm that. So yeah, it was, it was bad. For a long time. I, 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 I think we, we all have thing. some of those, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm terrible. Them. I am terrible. At, you don't want me in the hiring process because, one, I fall in love with people too quickly. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God, Jonathan, you bloody Britishman, I love you. <laughs> Come on board. Like, that's yeah. what I, I mean. And, and you Absolutely. know, to Benji's point, nine out of ten times, it just blew up in my face. Yeah. I, mean, I think a lot of visionaries probably do that. We're sitting in a restaurant, the server comes over. You just love this server. They're amazing. I got to get them in my company, you know? Yes. So everyone, because we love our companies, right? You know, we believe in our own company and our mission, everything that we're doing. They should join my company, you know? They shouldn't be working here. And we get excited about them and just because we like them, you know? We want to work with people we like. I get it. I've done that. Oh, yeah. Um, if ever my leadership team want to take a jab at me in the middle of a quarterly or something like that, there's, there's one name they can mention. And it's just, it's uh, the stab at me. Yeah. And I go red yeah. in the face and then I get defensive and I'm like, I hired all of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good comeback. That is a good comeback. Jonathan, I feel like we're just scratching the surface on what you have to, uh, to share with us and teach us. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Will you come back on Tractionville? Um, yeah, I mean, you, I have a pretty steep fee, but yeah, if you're gonna okay. let's, put, let's put a fee. I'm joking, I'm Jonathan, let's go to the end of next year. We'll see how you perform, and based on that, we could we could compensate you. It. Totally, totally. Honestly, I love this, Jonathan. As we wrap today, mm -hmm. leave us with one piece of wisdom, encouragement, advice for all those companies out there that um, they've got seats to fill. What, what would you? What's the number one thing you would say to them? That's a really, really good question. I would say, uh, number one, um, I guess as a high level, um, putting your people first, value your people over everything else. Uh, you, you really treat your people well. 
they will they will go to the ends of the earth for you and they will bring great people into the organization and trusting entrusting their their network to the company that you're going to take care of their friends and their referrals um, and that those individuals are going to be able to serve the company well is is i think an amazing compliment um, it definitely comes with some problems uh, meaning most of our business is from internal referrals we've close to 100 salaried employees and uh it means people hire people like themselves so you lack a bit of diverse thought and perspective and so now we're kind of screeching and trying to figure out how to how to bring in more diverse thought and perspective to serve our diverse client base okay so that's my, that's my first kind of principle when it comes to i got seats to fill and how the heck do i get the right person in the right seat uh process don't go straight away to um knee jerk Go and flip. Let's start recruiting. How are we going to get somebody in here? Spend some time crafting the role and work out what that really looks like by outcomes, performance, goals, and objectives. Mm. Be really, really clear on it. Make take some smart uh, smart goals application to it. And uh, if they're not quantifiable, how the heck are you going to measure it? And so we take to the point of having a scorecard for the for the, every individual in the company. I can see it on on accountability chart. I can see everybody's red, green, yellow. I love that. It's simple. Um, we have a platform for it, but it's um, it's been really really helpful. We hire for that, and then we manage for the same thing. So, man, just that process is really really important. It needs to be written down, and it needs to be followed by all, including the visionary. They have to so submit good. to the process. You can't, they can't, you can't just say, we're going slightly out of process here. Nope, we've got to stick the process. All right. Well, I'm going a, a little bit out of process here because I said that was the last question, but I have to ask a follow-up. To you, what, is it, what does it look like? What are the attributes of treating our people well? Because I think we get tunnel vision on what that means. Yeah. Oh, this one's a tough one. I think if you look at the statistics of tenure by generation, so the boomers was um, seven plus years, Gen X five years in a position before they leave. Uh, millennials are two to three. Gen Z, oh, sorry, two, two for millennials. And Gen Z one, I mean, they're, they're right, right new into the workforce, these early 20s. But um, number years back, uh, millennials, the stat was, within six weeks, they feel bored on the job. You think, what? They've mastered it now? But it's a generation that's grown up with the iPad to customize everything for me. And everything's in bite size. You never have to do the whole thing. It's not a longevity. You know, it's quick, 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 quick. So we talk about promotions and rewards and bonuses. I'm getting bored already because they've, they've got the video game generation. Everything's moving fast. Stimulation, stimulation. And then we go in the workplace say, you know what? Come and work here. You might retire. I had a, a CEO visionary yesterday. He said, most of our people have been here 20 years. And I'm like, that's not a hook line for a young generation. 20 years? I'm not coming to join you. Right. <laughs> that's, that's not exciting to me. Give me variety. Give me freedom. Give me spontaneity. Give me career growth and development. When you're going to move me around a lot. Now we're talking. So tell me I have to do the same job for five years and I might get your spot. I'll be gone by then. And the statistics yeah. show it. So I, we, we think about this as individuals saying, they chose to come and join us. It's not that you need to be thankful to have a job. They chose. They have choices. They're, they're, they are my other customer. We put people first, partners second, and profits third. And we believe that each takes care of the other. So if I care for all of my people out, you know, outstandingly, they will serve my partners and our clients and go, go to the ends of the earth for them, and they do. And that will take care of our profits. 
And uh, so, but what does putting people first look like? It means that I'm committed to the fact that the statistics say they're going to leave me within two years. So what, what are they going to leave for? They're going to leave for a challenge. A, a players make career moves differently than Bs. And so every one of our people are A players, okay? And I really genuinely believe that the stats show it. So, okay, A players, they will leave for something that's a bigger job. They're not going to go for a lateral move. They're going to leave for a better growth trajectory. They can see the growth trajectory over the next 18 months is better than if they stayed with me. And they can see the impact of the company on them and them on the company. Those three things. Mm. And so because that's so important, I have to answer that question every single year and every single quarter and every single month for every one of our people. If I don't know what that next challenge is for them and I'm not providing it for them, they're going to leave. Right. It's fine. So I, we have to take the responsibility of caring for our people, giving them challenge, growth stretch, and impact. I re- I'm I remember, glad I asked. Yeah, I, I remember a quote from Richard Branson, and he said, train your people so well that they could leave you, but treat them so well they never do. Yeah, T- take care of your people or somebody else will, he also that's said. Ex- that's right, that's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, which is, I mean, it's, it, I think it's sobering, um, especially if you come from a generation or a, a family line of business that can feel really, you know, that you've given and given and given, but you've not really helped develop those people. And so sometimes like, I did this for you. I did this for you. I did this for you. And the people go, that's not what I wanted. I wasn't asking for that. Yeah. And so we've got to find out what's important. We talk about everyone has a why, right? You know, yeah. everyone's got a why they do what they do. And so we have a list in our company of everybody's why, what's the next thing for them. And some of the things on that list are not with my company, Titus. Some of the things that they want to do, they want to start their own business or they want to go into this. We've had people leave to go and do kind of youth work and in community work and all this kind of stuff, youth ministry. And I'm like, oh, I can't compete with that. I can't compete, but that's their why. But so we send them with dignity and blessing and say, what can we do to help you achieve right. your core gifts and passion and mission in life? Because you each want to have, so we encourage our team members to create their own VTO. Create your own VTO. What does the future look like for you? Because we want to help you in your VTO because you have your own world. So, um, but yeah. That's good. That's beautiful. All right, Tractionville, I know we're leaving you wanting more Jonathan Reynolds. We'll put his info in the show notes and promise you we'll bring him back. And until next week, we'll see you Tuesday for Tractionville Tuesday. Tractionville Tuesday.